Welcome to Capital Edge Church. We have a fantastic message for you that we hope challenges, inspires, and moves your heart for Christ. Let's get into it. Please take your seats. It's so good to be in church this morning. Sunday is without a doubt the best day of the week. I um, hope you agree. (laughs) Anyway, this morning we are entering a new theme for our month. Um, Obviously, March has started, and this month we are talking about the theme, what's in a name, what's in a name. And the name that I want to share about this morning with you is found in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, um, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The name that I want to talk about this morning is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. Three months ago, I had a baby boy who has just left the building but <laughs> he didn't sleep last night, that's probably why. But I had a baby boy called Jones Winston Peterson. And so many things about being a new mom and having a new baby, so many things completely blew my mind. And I don't think that I went into it super naive. I tried to, you know, read up and be prepared. And I had nine months to prepare. But so many things about being responsible for a tiny human completely blew my mind. So many feelings that I didn't expect to feel and so many um, demands, so many requirements, so many different things that I wasn't necessarily prepared for in the moment. And for all of that time leading up, before we even knew him, we were daydreaming about him and we were thinking about him and we didn't know whether he was a boy or a girl and and we would imagine who was in there and we would talk about all of these things about him and he was right there with us and yet at the same time he wasn't and I only experienced the revelation of someone being right there with me in what felt like a second. We had had this huge lead up to when he was born and in what felt like a few seconds, 
He was there with us. It just happened. And the whole time it was him and the whole time he was closer than we even realised. He was closer than we knew. And when that realisation hit that he was here, it was amazing. It was profound. It was, it was real. It was tangible. And it keeps hitting you time and time again. I think every day Hamish and I still say, I can't believe he's here. I can't believe he's here. And he's three months old. And I'm sure it'll be like that for a while. And we say that all the time. And that realisation keeps hitting that he was closer than we knew. He was closer than we knew. And I love how Matthew writes this introduction to Jesus. And he doesn't just talk about him as the saviour of the world, which obviously he was, and that is profound in itself. And we're going to hear about that later on. But he doesn't just talk about him as the saviour of the world, but he purposely uses the prophecy of Isaiah and talks about that in its fulfilment to emphasise that the coming of Jesus means that God is here with us. And he talks about it in the same way and with the same feeling is how I read it of that final realization that Jesus isn't just here to save us, but Jesus is here as God with us, as God with skin on. Church, he is closer than we know. In that moment and today, he is closer than we even realize. He is with us. And I hope that we understand a little bit more this morning how profound that name and that description of Emmanuel, God with us, is. We're introduced in that verse to the God who is reconnecting with his people in a personal way because of his desperate love for his creation, because of his desperate love for us. It's a description of closeness and intimacy and relationship with God. And part of the reason why it is so profound is that it echoes what happened in the Garden of Eden. And it echoes the kind of relationship that you and I were were designed to have with our Father God, where he was walking closely with them in the Garden of Eden. And obviously we know that sin happened and there was a separation that occurred, which meant that we could no longer be as close and we could no longer have intimacy with God. There was a separation that happened. And all of a sudden, walking with God was not the same. Having a relationship with God or knowing God had these steps in between. It had sacrifices. It had limitations. It had the temporary manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but it didn't have the closeness of walking with God. It had religious practices. It had all of these steps in between us and God that didn't exist in the Garden of Eden. So when we talk about Emmanuel... We're talking about the closeness of walking with God again as it was designed to be. You know, in the Old Testament, God was still on his people's side. He was still with them. He was still fighting for them, but the relationship had distance. It had distance. And so the prophecy 
of Jesus as Emmanuel. The claim of Jesus being the physical embodied fulfillment of that means that for the first time since the Garden of Eden, there is hope that man can walk with God again. There is hope. You know, the emphasis of what's being said in that verse isn't just talking about what God can do. It's not talking about just his power and his might or his authority, which is what had been displayed in the past and what people had seen of a relationship with God, but rather he made a way for closeness with him again by sending Jesus as a man. Jesus was the physical form of God's kindness, the physical form of God's kindness towards us, that though we were separated, his desire was so great that as many steps as there were in between, by sending Jesus, God was starting to take those steps back. He was starting to take those steps back. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 8, a verse that we know well and we hear often, but it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, but trusting God in this but trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I tell you this morning that if Jesus is Emmanuel and Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever, then if Jesus is in us, then God is with us. God is with us. And that is a profound statement. It's something that we hear all the time, but something that we don't necessarily understand. He is closer than we know. And it's not old news. It's not news for back in the time. It's, it's our news for you and for me. And it's something that we need to get excited about this morning, that God is with us. I said it's something that we need to get excited about this morning, that God is here. Can I say that it was, it was a challenge to me writing this message that we need, to, we need to celebrate the presence of God better. We fall short in celebrating the presence of God and not just in church. And we fall short sometimes in church of celebrating the presence of God, but in our lives as well. We need to celebrate his presence in our lives. It's profound that God is with us. You know, when I, when I had my son, and I'm sure that many parents can, um, can relate, is his arrival completely changed everything. It completely changes your life. There was instantly joy and there was instantly relationship and closeness and dependency in that relationship. And the arrival of Jesus should still be the same today. It should still be the same for you. It should completely change our lives. And I know that I am guilty of treating him like his presence in my life had an expiry date soon after I accepted him. And his presence doesn't have an expiry date. The news doesn't have an expiry date, but it is something that we need to be excited about all the time. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, Paul says... Do you not even realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? 
Do you not even realise, once again, pointing to the importance of that and what that means for us? Can I tell you, in the last year, I have seen God's closeness and seen God with me like never before in my life. And living like that and seeing him work through that, it absolutely changes everything. It changes everything. His presence changes everything. Some of the things I think we're guilty of sometimes in forgetting that God is with us is do we live like he's just watching us? Or do we live like we're still waiting for him to come? Or do we live like he is with us? Do we live like he's just watching? When we live like he is just watching, there's still that distance between us and God. Even if we have accepted Jesus, if we are just ticking the boxes and doing the right thing because that's what Christians do, then we're living like he's just up there watching us with a fear of a God that might smite us if we mess up, not understanding the love and the closeness in that relationship that he wanted with us. And the issue with that is that it dismisses God the Father who wanted to be close to us. And if we live like we're still waiting for him to come, then we're living like we always did. We're never really talking to him. We're not spending time with him. We're not depending on him. We're not asking him or allowing him to make a difference in our lives. And the issue with that is that it it dismisses a God of power and might and authority who wants to bring change and give blessing to his children because we have that relationship with him. Which means that if we live like God is with us, then we're living in a close relationship, not just for what he can do for us, but because of who he is. Because he is our loving father who blesses his children. It's experiencing the joy and the kindness and the favor and the blessing and the provision and the peace and the direction and the power and so much more that comes with being close to God and being dependent on him. He's not just watching us, church. He's not still waiting to come, and we shouldn't be waiting for him to come because he is here. He is closer than we know. He is with us right here today. And we need to become more aware of him. We need to come close to him again. We need to value and live every day within his presence. You know, I'm turning 26 in a couple of weeks' time. And I've come to know that it is completely unrealistic. And I can't get upset because I don't receive a gift from John Mayer. And that's because, I mean, John Mayer has all the resource in the world. He has all the, well, not all of it, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) He has everything and yet I don't have a relationship with him to where I can be upset about him not giving me everything that I would want or need. You see, you can't have the perks without having the person and you can't have the reward without having the relationship. 
And hear what I'm saying because God is much kinder than we are and God is good to all of us. But there is a blessing that comes when you connect your life with Him and you acknowledge that He is with you and you live in that posture towards Him. In James 4.8, it says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. It's a two-way relationship that we have with Him. We can't expect the perks and reject the person of Jesus in our life. And when we do that, living without His presence is living without His peace, living without His power, and living without His provision over us. His peace, His power, and His provision. And there is so much more, but those three things I want to share on really quickly this morning. And there's an example of this that is in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, to know more of the nature of God, we look to Jesus. And that's what I want to do this morning. His peace, his power, and his provision come from knowing his person. The first thing is that when God is with us, peace comes by acknowledging him. Peace comes by acknowledging him. Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 22 This is when Jesus walks on water. It says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said, take courage, for I am here. For I am here. In this moment of complete panic, of being in the middle of a storm and then seeing a figure walk towards them out of nowhere, the disciples are freaking out. And I'm sure a lot of us have moments like that all the time when just everything seems out of control, everything seems loud. And in that moment when everything was loud, when they needed peace, when they needed calm, when they needed Still, when they needed to know that God was with them, Jesus' words to them are so interesting and so simple. And all that he says is, take courage, I am here. In another version, it says, take heart, it's me. He just says, it's me. It's me. Are you close enough with God this morning that in the middle of the chaos, when it gets a little bit rowdy, when things get a little bit out of control, are you close enough in your walk with God that just the words, it's me, are enough to bring peace into your situation? Because Jesus believes that they are. God has said 
that he is with us. And the thing is, if you know the person of God, if you have that relationship with him, then the words, it's me, are enough to silence everything happening in our world. See, God is with us. God is in control. That looks like crying out in that moment, God, I thank you that you are close to me. I thank you that you are my saviour. I thank you for your power and your might. I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you that you can do anything. I thank you that you've promised that nothing is impossible with you. I thank you that you are my provider. I thank you that you have been faithful to me in the past and you'll be faithful to me again. Knowing God means that in the middle of our storm, all it takes is for him to say, it's me. And we know in our hearts that he is with us, that he is powerful, that he is in control. The peace that surpasses all understanding comes from him. You see, the disciples, they were the closest to Jesus. They walked every day with him and they still needed a second reminder. They still asked for proof that it was him. See, they knew him around the table and they knew him in the middle of the storm. They knew him in the quiet so that they could hear him when things got loud. And that's why it only took him to say, it's me, it's me. We need to know him in the quiet, not just expect him to show up in the loud. The second thing is that when God is with us, power comes by involving him. Power comes by involving him. If we read on from verse 28, it says, Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and he walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? I love this part of the story and I love it because Peter invites God to invite him out on the water. He invites Jesus to invite him out on the water. And I want to tell you this morning that if you're wanting God to move, then give him the opportunity to move. Even if it's a little bit scary, even if it may not be your way, even if it's not what might seem logical in the time, even when it's going to him first, not trying to figure out on your own and then go to him when you're in the middle of the sinking. But if you're wanting God to move, then give him the opportunity to move. See, Peter provided the opportunity for God's power to be displayed and for his faith to be grown in that moment. He invited Jesus to invite him to be an example of God's power in his life. When you're, in the brink, when you're on the brink of a decision that needs to be made or when you need a breakthrough, when you need um, confirmation of something like 
Peter, if you are struggling, if you are walking on the water and absolutely smashing um, goals all over the place, when you're on top of the mountain, if things are great or if things are struggling, if you need something from him or if you're just desiring his presence, whatever it may be, invite God into your life, into your situation and just watch his power at work within your life. That is God with us. That is involving him in a close relationship in our lives. And what does that look like? It looks like surrender. It looks like just asking, opening the door for him to do his thing and to have his way in our life. The other thing that I love about this is like I briefly mentioned before that Peter's first response when he started to get overwhelmed was to call out to Jesus because he knew that he was right there. He knew that he was right there. There was already the promise of peace in who God was, in who Jesus was standing in front of him. And so when he began to sink, he knew who to call. He didn't have to reach very far. He wasn't scrambling he knew that God was right there with him. Don't let involving God be your last resort when something's going on. He's closer than you know. And it goes on and it says that immediately Jesus reaches out and grabs him. That's what happens when we involve God in every aspect of our lives. We live in display of his power, which brings us to his protection and his provision for us. When God is with us, provision comes by honouring him. Provision comes by honouring him. The last couple of verses in this passage say, when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples, they worshipped him, saying, you really are the son of God. To honour God is to give him our absolute best because he is worthy. It's living a life of worship, of worthship, where that word comes from. He is worthy. And so it's living our lives in a way that honours him. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2 it says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Other versions say, in view of God's mercy, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will for you is, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. You know, I like to think, when I read this scripture, I like to think about living my life for God and letting him transform me in terms of renovating a home or building a home. And there's actually a song that we used to sing as, as kids. We used to sing, come and make my heart your home. 
And I remember it so, so clearly, and I think that's when the picture was painted for me as a kid in my head. Can I just say, Kids Way is so important. The guys are doing an awesome job, and we are so blessed that Anushka has taken that on and put up her hand, because part of the reason that I'm where I am right now is because there were seeds planted when I was three, four, five, six years old. So that's awesome. But that's where the picture was painted for me about my life being a home for God. And we often explain salvation to kids that way, that Jesus comes and he lives in our heart. And Ephesians kind of talks about this in in chapter 317. It says, And Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And when we give our lives to God, when we offer him up a place for him to stay, and when we invite him to make his home, our homes are not just places that fit the bill. They're not just provision, but they're they're where we find comfort and peace and hope and joy and it's, it's where we fit. And when we give our lives to Christ, we can't treat him any longer like he's a guest in our home. Like he's just there for a little while, like the relationship isn't that close, like he's coming and going. And we can't even treat him like he's a renter because then we still have a say and we still have control over every room in that house. I live in a rental house and I can't put a nail in the wall to hang up a photo. It's, it's a temporary thing. But when we give our lives to him, he becomes the rightful owner of that. The Bible uses the word that we have been ransomed. We have been purchased back to God through Jesus Christ. He becomes our homeowner in our lives. You know, the, the, other, um, the other meaning of the word with, we often think of the word with as meaning accompanied by, but it also means to possess something. And that's kind of like what this is talking about. We need to ask him and to let him transform our lives as this verse talks about as an act of worship towards him. And it's when we give him that ground that there is provision in our home when we honour Him, when we give ourselves to Him. I want to give Him the kind of place that He deserves to live with my life. And if that's our heart, then the promise at the end of that scripture in Ephesians is that we grow in God's love and we are kept strong. Provision. Provision comes when we honour Him with our lives. Peace comes by acknowledging Him. Power comes by involving Him. And provision comes by honouring Him. Emmanuel, God with us. He is closer than we know. And still to this day, it blows my mind that He is closer than we know. Sometimes I don't even realize it. And how close is he? Is that he is just one step away. He's just one call 
away. The Bible tells us that. And it blows my mind because of all the walking that Jesus did and all the walking that God did to be with us as He walked with us in the Garden of Eden and as we turned our backs and walked the other way and all the walking that God, um, that Jesus did on earth to be with us. The years that He spent here teaching us how to live, the steps that He took up the hill of Calvary to die for us, of all of those steps, He asks us for one, just one. He's closer than we know. We just need to take one step back to Him. He's just one call away from us. And when we make that call, when we accept Jesus, when we call on the name of the Lord who saves us, God is with us. God is with us. He did all the hard yards. He made all the distance for us. And all we need to do is take one step back to Him. The Bible talks about becoming His children when we accept Jesus. That's close. We become co-heirs with Christ. That's close. We become a friend of God. That's close. He's with us. Whether that's for you today as somebody who has accepted Jesus long ago, there might be one step that you need to take this morning to realign your life to walk with Him. Or if you're here this morning and you have never accepted Jesus into your life, then I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I want to give you a chance to decide to walk with God and for Him to be with you. Church, can we just close our eyes and bow our heads this morning? If that's you and you're here this morning and you would say, yes, I want to accept Jesus into my heart, into my life. I want God to be with me then I'm just going to count to three. And if you could just pop up your hand, we'll acknowledge it and you can put it down. And then we're going to pray together. And one of our team will just come up afterwards just to make sure you have everything that you need to continue that journey with Him. Three, two, one. If that's you, just raise your hand. See that hand. You can pop your hand down. Thank you, Lord. I'll just wait a moment longer. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, I thank you that you are here with us, Father God. Lord, we thank you for sending your Son to die for us, Lord, that because of Him, we have a way back to God the Father. Lord, I thank You for the salvation that we have, Lord. Lord, we thank You for the freedom that You gave to us, Lord. I thank You that we can be called children of God. Lord, I pray that this morning, that as we align ourselves with You, Father God, as we accept You into our heart, that You would make Your home there in all of us, Jesus, that we'd become more like You, as we walk with you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.